Today's episode of The Throwback is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting all about working from home, work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. of the throwback, Chris Meany, Jake Seeley, Brad Ziegler of The Athletic. Thanks for taking the time to hang out with us today. We are continuing our rookie series, shifting our focus over to quarterbacks and tight ends. We've talked running backs, wide receivers, and we have one more show to follow before the NFL draft kicks off next week. Jake, I see you are in full effect this morning and taking shots at your GM, Dave Gettleman, who looks very prepared for the online draft next week. Oh, yeah, looks super prepared. Don't take shots at my. I don't want him to be my. I told you, I'm rooting for the players until they get rid of this guy. And, uh, yeah, it's just laughable, the difference between seeing somebody with six computers, a TV, sitting back in the chair with the remote that he has control and all this stuff, and then Gettleman leaning over his little laptop with a giant binder in front of him and some lotion and hand sanitizer. It's going to be in a sticky note, which we know has his password on it. And Brad, he's no Andy Reid. No, definitely not. He at least, you know, wears some stylish shorts or something to to make it look like you're relaxing a little bit. But no, Jake's kind of like, right now he's kind of like uh, Democrats after the 2016 election. Like, it's not my GM, <laughs> even though he's sitting in that spot right now. <laughs> How's everybody holding up? Itching for the draft? Yeah, itching for yes. That's good. Yeah, I I really thought I I thought there was some hope for the the horse games on ESPN, oh and they have botched that. It is. Did so I not bad. tell you guys? Like I tried yes. so hard to watch it. I was. It could be so much better, and I feel like like the NBA Network would do or TNT even would do a better job of this than ESPN has done. So there's because there's there's so much potential there, but they're using like. I don't know. Like I, I, I envisioned like Chris Paul having an an indoor court, um, you know, at at his place. I'm sure he's got one, um, and and using. But it was like he was. I saw him playing horse against a, a girl from the WNBA. She has an outdoor court, and it's almost like okay, well, he's got to use an outdoor court too. Well, it was so windy, you couldn't hear anything they were saying. And I don't know. It was just it was it was just really bad. They were using AirPods for their mics, and the wind was blowing in them the whole time. And it was just like, what what is going on here? Like this this guy's you know made hundred over a hundred million dollars in his career and doesn't have an inside gym. Like I'm sure he has it, and I'm sure they were trying to equal the playing field. But it was just like this is this could be so much better. I told than Jake it is. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't watch. You couldn't pay me to watch. Although I'm paid to watch. Uh, Jake, did you tune in? 
Yeah, I was, that's when you said, how are you things, anything that you're dying for? And I said, yeah, because it's going to be the most watched sports thing in forever because we all tried to watch that stupid horse crap and it was miserable. I tweeted about it similar to what Brad was saying. It's like, it looks like they're all using like DSL dial up from like years ago for their internet connection. It was just miserable. And then the only, the only good thing I will say of the entire thing that actually made me chuckle for a little bit is that Zach Levine had no chill coming for Paul Pierce. He was like, I'm going to slap the backboard, flip it up on the other side. And like, come on, old man. Come on, 40-year-old Paul Pierce. Try it. And it was just like, that's the only thing I appreciate, that Zach Levine went for Paul Pierce's age. And like that that made me laugh. I like that because I was a little hesitant when Zach Levine was named that he was going to be there. I was like, wait, are they shooting? Are they dunking? Because, you know, he's obviously known for his, his hops and, and his height and his dunks. But um, – yeah, nonetheless, uh, let's move on from that. And XFL also <laughs> done. That didn't last too long, Jake. Bad time. Uh, it's, that's, it's, there's nothing they could have done. It's so dis, it's honestly 100% disappointing. Like, I really feel for him because it looked like it was working. It looked like year two was going to happen. You know, some of these players are on NFL teams now, which is the entire, not the entire point, but a big part of what you wanted to see is these players that really never got a chance in the NFL and then shine and come back. Uh, you have the one kid that's taken his way, the safety that's taken his way out of the college to play for a year, and that might have created some things. You know, players skip college and don't waste some of their years in college and go play a year or two, get paid in the XFL. So I hope there's maybe a sliver of chance, maybe, you know, they, with how much money they invested, maybe this is just a cease all expenses and they can come back. But that that side of things was definitely disappointing and I will I do appreciate the Roughnecks or was it the Roughnecks or who was it somebody came back for Darren Ravel when he tweeted the a list of games played of XFL versus AAF nice. because like like yeah like come on we know there's reason by, but any to their point and they said <laughs> a graph of you not fun at parties and then the yellow part was you not fun at parties in yellow so I thought that was that was good because <laughs> shut up dude <laughs> yeah you're kidding <laughs> Um, okay, let's, let's get into it. Uh, again, um, we're just here for a distraction. Hopefully everybody is safe and, you know, we're, we're all kind of struggling right now. Um, so hopefully you're healthy and you're safe with your families if possible. Uh, we have the NFL draft just days away, so a little bit more to talk about. If there isn't a guy that we, we get to today, hopefully we get to next week. You can always hit us up on Twitter at All in Kid, at Brad Ziegler, at Chris Meany. We appreciate a rate, review, subscribe to the show. It'll help us out. It'll help you get the show a little bit faster. If you haven't checked out Jake's article, uh, by now you are really missing out 2020 NFL draft rankings top 88 players uh, in football that are going to get drafted here over the next couple of weeks so if you don't have a subscription it's simple and there's really no excuse the athletic.com slash free 90 days you can check out uh, Jake's rankings you can check check out uh, the latest mock from Dane Brugler and I'm going to kind of reference that throughout um, you know this show today as we talk quarterbacks and tight ends wow tight ends okay let's start with Joe Burrow. Let's just get it out of the way. Um, there's a lot of great things to say about him, but Jake, this time last year, nobody was talking about Joe Burrow. They were talking about tank for Tua. It was all about Tua. <laughs> it's crazy how, how much a year has changed, but I, you know, I'll tee it up for you to talk about whatever you want to talk with Joe Burrow. There's a lot of positives, but is there any negatives at all that you see in his game? And let's just get this out of the way. First of all, He's going to be a member of the Cincinnati Bengals, correct? Oh, a hundred percent. Anything you hear, if this were full into, if this was people had the sense of what time of year it was, this is full BS mode of all the teams with, 
you know, the Dolphins considering this, this Tua talk of now he's the fourth quarterback potentially off the board. And like, look, this is, this is, way we get to April every year, this is the same thing. It's posturing. Some people bite and some people don't and the smart people don't. Uh, he will be the number one pick. There are some concerns. I mean, like, look, we're nitpicking with a lot of these tier one players like we did at running back and wide receiver. Uh, the deep ball is not great. He can improve there. That part because his arm strength isn't off the charts. Great. It's good. It's, it's going to get drafted number one. It's good enough to see what we just saw last year. But yeah, we're not nitpicking. It's like he doesn't have the biggest arm or the best deep ball. The, uh, the sad part is what you said is first of all, he's 24. So he's got the age factor. Like, catching on late one year as an anomaly is it the LSU offense is like a lot of questions are going to be there of like well last year was out of this world we had never even seen a glimpse of that before uh, he was somebody that was considered a potential quarterback prospect in college but not to that level and then if you really watch some of the tough games that he had not and again they weren't he didn't really ever like bomb bomb but some of the disguise like the advanced defenses that he saw threw him off a little bit but again we're nitpicking here this is all like he's still going number one he still should be but I'm just pointing out Brad like this is kind of like the reasons why he might might be a one-year wonder although I don't believe he is yeah I don't believe he is either um and I I'm not sure that you you find anybody at this this point after all the evaluation that's been done or right after the college season or even early in into the college season when he first took off I think you saw people like questioning, like, oh, this is a fluke. It's the offense. It's whatever. The more people have done evaluation on this guy, I think the, the more, the more people are like, this guy's legit. Like they're, they're, they're crazy if they don't take him. Um, this is, you know, a, a potential generational type quarterback. Um, not that it, I think, and I think from a fantasy standpoint, the thing that just gets completely overlooked because he's going to have weapons. Um, He's got Zach Taylor as his coach, which is a, a good thing, but he can run. Like he, he's not a scrambling quarterback or, or not a running quarterback, but he can scramble. And, and that's going to give yourself a, a 30 or 40 yard potential floor every single week just in scrambling. Like if it happens five times a game and, and it's, it was, I don't know, it's impressive to me to watch because he's big. He's 6'4, 220 and he moves well. Like he, it's not a, it's not a lumbering, you watching, you know, Tom Brady run. Even when Brady was young, Brady was slow, um, you know, didn't scramble much. That, this is not like watching him. This is, this is more, um, trying to think of a good example, like a Joe Flacco early in his career where he, he would get out of the pocket and, and move a little bit. And I, I just like that baseline from a fantasy standpoint. Um, I, I think he's got a really good chance to be fantasy relevant in 2020. Yeah, let's let's talk about that for sure because you know not a lot of these quarterbacks are going to be a, a fantasy relevant. Certainly in redraft leagues, we we talk about quarterback strategy and fantasy all the time. Unless you're playing in a deep league, a, a super flex dynasty, of course, best ball, whatever it may be, uh, and of course the landing spot for sure. Because there's not a lot of starting gigs out there. I mean, today we still don't have a job for Cam Newton or Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston picks aside had a pretty darn good fantasy season last year and did some good things. Uh, so those guys still without a job, but Joe Burrow and Jake, you alluded to it in your, in your article. I mean, Andy Dalton's had some pretty good fantasy seasons over the past couple of years. AJ Green is still there. Franchise tag, whether he's going to be there, OTAs, um, I was going to say spring training baseball kind of still on my mind, but, uh, whether he's going to play preseason games at all with the Bengals, he's going to be on that team week one. Um, they got Joe Mixon, offensive tackle Jonah Williams, who didn't play at all for them last year. The offensive line is not awful. I, and, and Joe Mixon had a pretty good season 
last season with, with no weapons and poor quarterback play, Tyler Boyd. So do you think he can be fantasy relevant in year one? And if you're ranking, what do you think? Solid QB two or is it wait and see like outside the top 15? Like look in the crystal ball. What do you say? Uh, yeah. Outside the top 15. Uh, Cause I don't, I actually don't think – I think he does have rushing ability, but I don't think he's rushing quite as much as Brad – I actually think Andy Dalton is a better one. Like I would say like 100, 200 yards. And so it wouldn't shock me. I just don't see him – I don't know. Not with the Bengals. I just don't see him like needing to or being on that run that much. Uh, but, hey, I could be wrong, and he definitely has the leg. I'll agree with Brad. He's got the legs that people don't realize. I just see him kind of, like I said, – why I keep using Andy Dalton is because go back to him – some of peak Andy Dalton years, 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, and then 100, 200 rushing yards and two or three rushing touchdowns. So you slap all that together, you're talking 300-ish, 250, 300 fantasy points, and yeah, it's probably mid-QB2. I don't know if I'd put him in the high-end QB2 yet, but if he finished inside that 13, 14, 15 range, I wouldn't be shocked. But just there's a lot. I mean, quarterback, this is why we keep saying all the time that super flex, super flex, super flex. This, this is ridiculous, like how deep quarterback is starting to get. Yeah, Brad, you agree with that? Top 15-ish, maybe? Yeah, I, I think that's very possible. And and the the biggest thing in reality that's going to hurt him is the lack of, of a full OTAs and training camp and, and rookie mini camp and all that stuff because – it, that's your chance to, to get some connection with your receivers, learn the offense a little bit, actually, you know, see it, see it playing out as opposed to just looking at a playbook. And, and hopefully, you know, by, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be tough for every rookie this year. It's not just a Joe Burrow thing. Uh, but I think especially quarterbacks, it's, it's going to be a challenge for them to, to understand how much faster the game is when they get to the NFL until they actually get in there and start taking snaps. And they're going to have a, a shortened amount of time to do it. it. It does sound like there's a very realistic chance this year that they're going to be playing without fans in the stadium. Um, but, but they are going to have a season. And if that happens, um, then, then there's a, I, I could see him, especially being on a team that's in reality is pretty bad. They're they're probably going to pass more than more often than not, and so I think the opportunity is going to be there to to put up at least some pretty big counting stats, if if not uh, some decent efficiency to go with it. I think the Bengals actually may be one of the most improved teams, and it's not just because of Burrow; it's because of some of the things I talked about, like AJ Green wasn't really with the team. Jonah Williams they've improved their defense through free agency, so I think they'll actually be um, you know a pretty decent squad this year. But you're probably right, playing from behind. I'm just, I just can't wait, honestly. For the draft, of course, but so he's drafted number one, and everyone can just shut the hell up about this whole Bengals thing and the fact that he doesn't want to play for them and they're going to trade back. It's like, guys, like they need Joe Burrow. They want Joe Burrow, <laughs> PFF's highest graded quarterback ever. And there's so many excuses. And I think you kind of alluded to it earlier, Jake, just at the start and the rise from Joe Burrow. I know you didn't think that he's that you, you know you said one-year wonder, but you didn't agree with that. But the fact that everyone was just making excuses for him all the time and, all oh, the weapons are all there. Well, yeah, he played in the SEC and he did it on the big stage. So there's a lot of positives from Joe Burrow. Yeah. But this and time... He, was, he went to Ohio State. As I, exactly. That's what I was talking about earlier. Like he, was, he was a highly regarded quarterback initially. Yeah. It just yeah. wasn't clicking for him. And, you know, hey, that, that, that's why people keep saying, too, is that he's coming back home, although he's from Iowa. So I don't know why people keep saying that. Let's talk about Tua, because uh, he's completely yeah, coming back home. I guess it's a 
what would it be, a five, six hour drive? Ohio State yeah. and people, yeah, people, yeah, I don't know. He can go home five, six hour drive. <laughs> once you get, once you get to the central area of the United States, we don't care. You're all in the same spot. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, let's move on to Tua. Uh, in tier one, spoiler, won't give up too much to your article, but there's two guys in tier one, uh, Burrow and then Tua. And look, He's kind of fallen down draft boards and mocks lately. He's not the second quarterback off the board, according to our very own Dane Burgler from The Athletic. And some of his odds of, you know, this time last week he was, I don't know, like minus 300 to be the third pick. Now he's like outside top five. But again, this time last year, it was tank for Tua. Everything was Tua. This guy is going to be a game changer. And a lot of people, Jake, still think that he has the highest ceiling between him and Joe Burrow. But the hip is a red flag, man. And a lot of teams are taking notice. What's your thoughts on Tua? Where do you think he goes? And do you think he has a higher ceiling than Joe Burrow? I think if you will. Pre-injury. If, if, pre, well, pre-injury. No, I mean, there was the reason there was tank for Tua. I think they both have closer. If we're talking fantasy, uh, I think that Tua, despite, if you want a comparison for how Tua runs, because he does run decently, but he doesn't have that like quick first step, like, you know, like obviously Lamar Jackson, but not even like a Josh Allen. So I was going to say, compare him to Jameis Winston. Like Jameis Winston will run for two, three hundred yards, but he's like, it's not fast. It's not like, oh my God, look out, Jameis Winston's on the run. It's kind of like, you know, he's he's a solid runner. It's a solid type of like maybe Carlos Hyde at yeah. running back, that type of thing. <laughs> Andrew think, Luck. Um, yeah, so yeah, it gets a good speed. one too. So even Aaron Aaron Rodgers back in his day. So it's but the thing is, it's like that do threat ability is more than most quarterbacks you'll see. Uh, if not for the injury you mentioned, it there would still probably be a conversation for him. Now, let's talk because let's talk about. It. For his career, it wasn't just last year. For his career, 87 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I don't care what team you're playing for. If you're in a Power 5 conference, I should say. He's playing for Alabama in the SEC throwing 87 and 11. And people are saying, oh, he picked up on, he picked off on bad teams, struggled against some good defenses. And you can, yes, you can certainly nitpick and say some of the really tough defenses, he didn't look as good. Uh, he, but he put up huge numbers on the road in every single road game against some Mississippi State, Auburn, South Carolina. Like these aren't cakewalk defenses. They're not, Obviously, Alabama's defense, or even on that level of anybody else, but I mean, we're not we're not talking about oh, they're facing Al- Appalachian State. So, I think that all this talk is nonsense, in my opinion. I think, as you said, he's in tier one for me. The only other quarterback in tier one with Joe Burrow for me. I know people are disagreeing. I know people are jumping on this bandwagon late, saying that yeah, oh, he might be worse than which we'll get to, which I can't believe is even a conversation. But we'll talk about one of them specifically. But look. The negatives, if you want to pick out this, Brad, and I'm curious, and maybe Brad doesn't agree that he's in Tier 1, but the only negatives you can say, like I said, besides the, hey, he didn't show up against some tough defense like Clemson, is when he throws. Is that I want everybody to sit at home imagine yourself throwing a football. Now imagine yourself throwing a baseball. And now when I say pitching is sometimes he'll try and throw the ball, and it's like a placement pitcher type of thing. It's the, He kind of pitches it sometimes. That's something that can be correctable. That's something that just happens with some players when you're on the move. It's not as bad as Tebow. And, again, we're now nitpicking here where 
that kind of throwing motion at times and that kind of when he's on the move can lead to some turnovers, which he hasn't seen yet, but the NFL is not going to be as forgiving when you're throwing some of your balls like that. Yeah, I, I, I'm almost in complete agreement. I mean, this is a guy in, in you know, two, basically two and a half seasons had, had barely 300 yards career rushing at Alabama. Like that's not his game. And I, you know, there are, there are people who you, you see him and, and it's just kind of like you profile a guy like, Oh, he's left-handed. He's six foot tall. This must be Michael Vick. And it's not, he's not in any, any way, shape or form that type of quarterback. It's more almost like a, a Baker Mayfield type quarterback. Um, where, you know, like you said, he'll run a little bit, but he's, it's going to be about passion, passing efficiency. That's going to be, I, I like to quite a bit and I'm not because running is not, a huge point of his game. I'm not worried about the hip as much. I realize that, that, you know, something might happen, but it's, he seems healthy now. Doctors are giving him a clean pass. And I don't think you're going to find a whole lot of doctors who in today's day and age that are, you know, very Sue happy society, they're not going to go and, and fudge a medical report to help a guy out in a, you know, in a sense where he could come back to bite him and they could lose their license over it. That, that's not going to happen anymore. I think that used to happen quite a bit before. You could, you know, players could get a doctor in their pocket a little bit. I think it's a lot tougher now. There's a whole lot more, um, you know, n- players union getting involved and in making sure that it's, it's a neutral party. It's not a team doctor. It's not a, you know, just from the player side. Everybody's involved and, and there's a lot more wariness about that. Um, you mentioned his, his career passing 87 touchdowns. Like that was about what Burrow did last year, right? Like it was, Burrow, Burrow about did that in one season. So, um, no, but he, it, it's, I, I do like Tua. Um, I, I think he is a tier one quarterback in this and I do think he's a long-term franchise quarterback, but I don't think he's going to be one of the elite, like top five quarterbacks in the league where you're like, gosh, this guy, you got to think about taking this guy in the top 10 rounds every year in fantasy. I see him as more of like, oh, Kirk Cousins zone in, in like a career. Like he can be a, a decent, fantasy starter if you if you wait on quarterback and and you know the take the JJ Zacharyson approach and and just wait on quarterback every year I think that's where he's going to slot in um even even when he's at his best I don't think he's you know a a 40 or 50 touchdown kind of guy at any point in his career yeah, there's definitely some conflicting reports out there about the hip and I I think it is a concern obviously for some teams but Jakey's probably still going to go I don't know Top six. I mean, you're looking at Miami and the Chargers. There's as two other teams who are going to be interested in quarterbacks. And according to Dane, I mean, he's got the Chargers taking two at six. And then I think this is the quarterback you were talking about is Justin Herbert at five. And to me, it's it's crazy to think that a team would take Herbert before Tua. And I know there is some risk there, but am I alone in thinking that? I mean, no disrespect to Dane here. I mean, he's done some unbelievable work. It's so it's so detailed. Yeah. This this the whole draft guide is is unreal, but he's got Miami at five, and who knows what the Dolphins are going to do? That's probably part of it. I mean, in his write up here is like, how can you feel strong about a, a, you know a prediction that Miami will you know what they'll do in the draft, especially early on? But Tua over Herbert, yes, no question. Uh, for me, it's no question. Uh, actually, and I'm not changing it. I don't care if I'm wrong because as I said last year, and I, you know, I actually nailed, I think like five or six picks. Granted, one of them was the Giants taking Daniel Jones back at, I think what it was 13 was their second pick and not up at six. But that all being said, uh, I did my mock draft. I have Tua with the Dolphins trading up to number three and I'm not changing it. I don't care. That's what they should do. If they don't, if they take Justin Herbert, pff, I'm sorry, Dolphins fans. Look, 
I am not on Herbert. I, I, I won't be. I, when I was traveling back from the combine and combine, I was bored at the airport. I actually tweeted out, I think I told you guys this is that, you know, a little way you take a word and you go down to one letter and make it bigger again. It turns into another word. I did Herbert, Herbert, Berbert, Bert, and then I went Berbert, all the way up to Gabbert because he's playing Gabbert. That's the thing. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know there's potential here, but we said the same thing, not we, uh, like the people who did. Say, say, said the same thing about Blaine Gabbert. Huge, huge arm, great size. He's the NFL prototypical body that you want. He has rushing ability that you don't see. Uh, but actually from that same year with Jan- Jake Locker, it was the year before, was, he's better on the run. Justin Herbert is better on the run. You don't want your quarterback better on the run. You need to be able to throw in the pocket. And the, the other biggest problem is when he, he somebody who's 6'6", now when I say this, Everybody on the show listening, and you're going to understand. He makes Eli Manning throws, which is in they hit the offensive line, they hit the defensive line. You're six six. There's no way in the world your ball should be hitting the linemen, and yet he makes those kind of throws at times. I'm just not on Herbert. I I won't be. I never will be. If he comes out and turns out to be a top ten quarterback in the NFL, we'll have a show in three years where I'll be like, I was 100 percent wrong. I'm sorry, Justin Herbert. I'll buy your jersey. I don't care. Whatever. I don't want Justin Herbert. I have him going six to the Chargers still after the Dolphins jump up to get Tua because I think they're going to be stupid. I think the NFL is fascinated with let's take this prospect and turn him into something. But how many times have we done that and seen it fail? And I just think it's going to be a fail. Blaine Gabbert, cold, man. Uh, but I agree with you. I mean, you look at Herbert and you see the height, the strong arm, some speed, physical skills. But Brad, just inconsistent. Where did he improve last year? Yeah. Nowhere. I agree. Inconsistent, I, I feel. And Brad, I know you watch a lot of college games, and I think you could agree with that. Yeah, I I do, and I I feel like some of that is coaching. I feel I, I don't feel I, if he didn't get better, I blame a lot of that on the coaching staff at Oregon because there there's plenty of time there to do it. And you, when you've got a guy that's that talented, it just feels like they they worked on their game plan and they worked on putting pieces around him, and they didn't fix him at all. Um, and and so I I don't know that he can't learn the stuff, um, but I it's just not my. I don't know. He's he's. I, I've seen reports that the Patriots like him a lot, but they would have to trade up to get him, and and that's not typically their style. They're they're not usually a give up everything to get into the top five, um, especially when you know you look at their team and in reality they should probably trade Julian Edelman and try to get whatever they can out of some of these guys and just do a complete rebuild at this point. Blow it up. Um, but they. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Well, we talked about it before the show too, and they only have one pick before ninety something, so to trade up would just destroy them. right it would have to they would be giving up all their 2021 picks and or, or a lot of picks and and as well as deeper ones this year um and it's i just don't it's hard to see them doing that um that's just not a, a belichick style but i will say this he he's a pretty good quarterback evaluator i think we we all agree with that all these the backups that he's drafted over the years have a lot of them you know there's garoppolo there's jacoby Brissett, all these guys that have come out of New England have been starters elsewhere. So if, if there are quarterbacks that he likes or if they take a guy in, in the first couple rounds, you've got to think like, hey, Belichick sees something in this guy because they're not going to use a high pick on a guy um, and, unless they completely believe in him. And and that's what makes some of the stuff like with Nikhil Harry so frustrating is is like they did they really misevaluate him that that poorly or, you know, what was the deal there? Because it they spent a high pick on him and, and – basically forced him in into the IR with a wrist injury when he wasn't even going to be out eight weeks at that point. And so it was just, it looked like they were 
trying to find a way to develop him more. And that's what makes me can, you know, concerned most of the time. They're a really good drafting team. Um, but trading up is just not their style. So I, going back to Herbert, I, I'm, I've got him as the fourth quarterback in this, in this, uh, class. Definitely a tier two guy for me. Um, at, 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 meaning definitely not in tier one. Um, but I've got him right there with Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts, and and I think they're they're those three are just out of potential alone, head and shoulders above everybody else in this class beyond the first two. So I like Love and Hurts more, Jake. You do as well. You have Herbert, just you know, not in the top two tiers to say the least. Yeah. Um, just yeah, with yeah, everybody else, yeah, with everybody <laughs> else. There's a lot of Jays in this in this draft, eh? Like Joe, you know, Jordan, Jalen, and Jake, Justin, Jacob, yeah, Jake, Jake Fromm, Jake Eason, <laughs> James Morgan. Yeah, like there's a bunch of <laughs> to the top ten. It's like Jays. Like what's going on here? Uh, yeah, there's Joe in the top tier. I mean, I don't even get this away. People can go read. It's 90 days free at this point. Like, if you're not reading, I don't have to tell you. Jordan and Jalen in the second, and the rest are Jake, Justin, Jacob, and Jake. Like, <laughs> a lot of Jakes, too. This is my draft. This is your draft. So, <laughs> tank for Tua to now take the plunge for Tua. Um, it's crazy how things change so quickly in a year. Jalen Hurts, I mean, this guy has kind of moved up the board since, you know, transferred to Oklahoma. Obviously, they have a little bit of a story, both of them, you know, filling in for each other in national championships games and whatnot. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he's starting to move up the board a little bit. Jake, why do you like him so much? Uh, I think this is probably my favorite underrated because nobody has him going where – like nobody has him in the tier with Jordan Love and potentially Justin Herbert, even in the conversation. Uh, probably a second round quarterback. Uh, I doubt he gets into the first. But the thing that I really like about him is if you look at the improvement for Oklahoma, everybody's going to talk, oh, it's the offense. And oh, if you look at it, but look at his play and look at where he came from. It wasn't like, like we're talking about versus Tua here. We're not talking about is somebody that, like, I mean, honestly, for all the people that want to, post and say how positive things were for Joe Burrow, why are we also the same people that are discounting Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I don't get it. And like, this isn't, it's not the Oklahoma offense that's like, oh, look at what their mass producing offensive talent that just bombs in the NFL. That's not Oklahoma anymore. Like, we're just talking about Kyler Murray. We're talking about all these teams, all these guys coming from the Big 12 that have like actually panned out and Baker Mayfield. And even though he didn't improve last year, he's still Baker Mayfield. Like, we're at the point now where the Big 12 isn't like that joke of what it used to be anymore. It's still more offensive friendly, but it's not like, oh my God, he only did this at Oklahoma. If you watch, if you watch him play, there's a lot of similar words people will use for Burrow and Hurts, where you call him a leader, you show him pocket presence, he's a good passer, even in the short and intermediate range, and he's got similar deep ball. Where he struggles and where he's not on Burrow's level, and this is where I do have him in Tier 2, is that he needs to understand how to get his reads quicker. And what it is is sometimes he'll wait on his first read a little too long before he progresses to his second read, which in the NFL, by the time you get to the second read, if you wait too long, the second read's not going to be there, and you should be on to your third. Like, now you're a read behind. And then sometimes he'll wait for a window, which as we've talked about multiple times before, if you wait for a window in college, let alone in the NFL, a lot of times that window's not there once you throw the ball. I like Emery's comparison of him to Dak Prescott. Me too. And I think I think that's the ceiling. That's obviously what you want him to be. And if we're talking fantasy, we're talking top five quarterback. We're talking real life, we're talking a guaranteed QB one. That's his ceiling. There is definitely a downside. I don't like I love Lance Zerline. I don't agree with when he's comparing him to Tim Tebow. Not at all. 
Um, that sells, uh, this is actually, I'll tell you the sentence I said, sells hurt short on his quarterback development. It's because of the throw mechanics, but with Tebow, it was, he, they have to redo his entire arm. This isn't the same thing. So I understand the hate and he's not a guarantee, but I would definitely a hundred percent, if I was an NFL team, I would roll the dice on Hurst before I did on Herbert. Is that two Tim Tebow references from you today? <laughs> yeah, it's two. I think you brought him up earlier. Third. I yeah. mean, if we had baseball going on, it might be get a third in here. <laughs> Actually, you know, I have them down in my notes. It's just because you don't see too many left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL, at least successful ones. I mean, Steve Young, Brad, you brought up Some Michael Vick. Some idiot asked the – I'm not coming for you, Chris. You just reminded me. I never told you this, but I was at the Combine. There's some guys out there, and they have, like, one or two questions they want to ask everybody. Yeah. Like, somebody was was going around asking – if the Eagles, every single player, have the Eagles talk to you? Have the Eagles talk to you? The Eagles, like, like, okay, teams talk to every prospect. Yeah, no Somebody doubt. was asking about uniforms, and then there was one dude who was walking around and kept saying that to GMs, like, hey, why don't you think there's any left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL? Why is that such a hard thing to find? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and the best res- you know who they gave the best response was? It was Sean McVay. Sean McVay actually said, well, two things. He's like, first of all, well, let's talk about the number of right-handers versus left-handers and human beings, period. Yeah. And then he said, do you remember the last, last left-handed quarterback to play? And I forget who it was, but Sean McVay knew because he remembers everything. Kalen Moore, probably. Kel- yeah, Kel- oh, Kellen Moore. Moore. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, Kellen Moore. Kellen, Kellen Moore, Tim Tebow in there. Yeah, but there's not too many successful ones. Steve Young, Michael Vick, that's it. Um, okay, in the mock, Jalen Hurts, number 80 to Las yeah, Vegas, I, Brad. I'm telling you, there is that's no no chance that he third. falls that far. There is no chance. I think he is a late first-round pick in this draft. And the the reason is because when you see that speed, a 4.59.40 out of a quarterback r- rushing for – he had a, a first year as a freshman at Alabama, ran for 954 yards and 13 touchdowns. Second year, 855 yards and eight touchdowns. Had the year where he got replaced and and at Alabama and then – and then uh goes to Oklahoma and runs for 1,298 yards and 20 touchdowns last year, in addition to throwing for almost 4,000 yards. Like, he became a legit passer last year at uh, under the, the, the tutelage at Oklahoma. So I, I think people will look at him and see, is this potentially the next Lamar Jackson? Because a lot of the concerns – people have with him are similar to what they have with Lamar Jackson coming out. And I think a team that's that's sitting at the bottom of the, or the top of the second round on the end of day one, will trade up into the bottom of the first round, take him and, and hope to hit on him next year. A team that's, you know, maybe one of these teams that we're talking about, Oh, they might take a, a quarterback at the top of the first. Well, what if they trade down out of that, get some more picks and then trade back up into the bottom of the first to, to get this quarterback Hertz is, is the guy that I think is potentially there. I don't think there's any way he gets into the third round. I, I say 10 picks into the second round is the absolute latest he'll get drafted. Hmm, I like that. Yeah, I think he goes a lot earlier in 80. Uh, if you want a cyborg, I, I say second, but it, you know, I'm not saying, Brad, you're wrong. What I'm saying is if you really believe that, you should go place the bet because the over-under is four and a half quarterbacks in the first round. Four and a half? Yeah, I I, and that's the thing. Like he, he If he gets taken at like 2-2, it's like... Ah, I don't know. Like he, he might, he, you know, he might be at the top of the second round, but I don't see and you him. Lose there's, your bet. there's no yeah. way. There's no way he's a third rounder. Um, there, he, someone is going to take a shot. If, if not in the second, I think they're going to try to trade up into the first to get that fifth year option on him. Um, that, that's such a vital deal. That's why the, the Ravens did it with Lamar Jackson. They wanted that extra year because they wanted to give him a full year to, to learn underneath Joe Flacco, or at least most of a full year. Then they have that extra, that fourth year of him actually playing on the back end of the, 
the contract at a, at a decent rate as opposed to if you get him in the second round, you just get him for four years and then you got to franchise him or work out a long-term deal or whatever. That with and, and if you have a year of developing, then you actually only get to play him for three years. I think he ends up in the first round in this draft, and I think it is a completely warranted pick. I love Jalen Hurts. Um, I, I, he's not my favorite passer, but as a fantasy player, this is a guy who has a legit shot to be with. If he becomes a starting quarterback at any point in 2020, he goes into my starting lineup. If I have him because of the rushing floor, I think it is, there's just massive upside there. All right. Brad really likes Jalen Hurts. No, you make a lot of good points. And I like the Lamar comparison too. Not just, you know, that he has some rushing upside, strong pocket presence, some floaters a little bit inaccurate that Jake alluded to as well, but just the fact of real NFL of a team trading up potentially and going ahead and grabbing this guy late first or, or maybe early second. So Jordan Love is the other one, I suppose, that, you know, if you're making that bet, Jake, you got Burrow, Tua, Herbert, if you really like Hurts as, as somebody to, you know, move up and grab yeah. him. Jordan Love is the is probably the fourth quarterback potentially off the board here, um, according to Dane thirty four to the Colts. Man, he's got one of the prettiest deep balls I think in the in the class and out of all the quarterbacks. Like I know Joe Burrow always, you know, obviously he stands out, but Jordan Love does some nice things too. Man, he's got a cannon of an arm as well. He does. Uh, where he's lacking is NFL decision making. And, you know, we've said the same thing about Jameis Winston and haven't seen Jameis Winston improve. Uh, we've seen that, you know, with multiple quarterbacks. That's a, that's a pretty common thing with quarterbacks, let alone quarterbacks coming from Utah State. You know, this is, well, there's, I'm, look, I'm not coming down on Jordan Love, but there is a reason you're at Utah State. And, you know, that's part of the thing is now he's developed a hell of a lot more than anybody expected going to Utah State. But let's also talk about the fact that, like, you know, some of these flaws, haven't been addressed and well not addressed but you know maybe that that's a big concern like if you can't get past that at the nfl level if you don't get to sit behind somebody you don't get to learn from somebody and watch and see hey this is how you make better reads this is how you make better decisions in the nfl and your peak is Jameis winston well that's fun for us for fantasy we love it in fantasy but as we see for real life Jameis winston's still looking for a job which is just crazy so yeah. That's the downside of somebody like Jordan Love. I will say this. Yes, he got a great deep ball. I said he's Matt Matthew Stafford-like in the fact that he'll alter where he's throwing the ball from. If you've ever seen Stafford, sometimes it looks like he's he, – actually, he's like Ziggler over there throwing a quarterback, <laughs> underhanding it a little bit. Like, like he, he will go from all these arm slots that normally like a pitcher would you see in baseball. But you like the throws he makes. The biggest problem I said is like – he decides where he's going sometimes before the play's even going down. If the, the play's breaking down, he still tries to force it there. Or he won't decide quick enough, and then, you know, now the play's breaking down, he's getting sacked, or he's trying to run, and he's not an, an amazing runner. So NFL traits, the decision-making is going to have to improve. Uh, I don't think anybody's drafting him, as you would even see if the Colts did draft him. They're not drafting him as a year-one starter, but he has the upside if somebody can teach him. Yeah, and they there were at the Combine, when they were watching him throw on the run and stuff, there were people comparing him to Patrick Mahomes on the broadcast, and I was like, what are you doing? Because the, their <laughs> arm talent is not even close to the same. Not even close. He, he throws a nice deep ball, but he doesn't have any velocity on his – under throws, his short throws, whereas Mahomes can throw the ball through tight windows, can throw the ball on the run with the same velocity he throws it with when he's, you know, staying in the pocket. Jordan Love is not that player. And, and Jordan Love is not a big time scrambler either. He's not a, a, a really mobile guy, whereas Mahomes gets out of the pocket and moves all the time. And, and so I, I don't know. I have a major problem with that comparison. Um, when, when, 
You know, it's, it's funny. I look at player profiler quite a bit. Um, I do a lot of stuff with Matt Kelly kind of behind the scenes and when the best comparable on playerprofiler.com is Dan Orlovsky, that makes, like, gives me, like, Yikes. it makes me cringe a little bit. Like, oh man, is this guy even going to be a starter? Like, you're talking about a guy who was only a starter in his career when injuries happened in front of him. Um, he, you know, he's going to have to be a, a, a really good at Twitter in his, in his later life to, to have a job in football. No, still, no, so. look. You run out of the back of the end zone, and then you get a job at ESPN, and then you're set. That's actually not a that's not a that's bad right. career you, to go. You got to be so good at social media because you need a fallback plan. So, um, it's it's you know who knows he's I mean he's he's athletic. I'll give him that. He's he's got a you know a, a four seven four forty is pretty good. He ran a, a, a decent three cone time for a quarterback. But he's and he's big. He's six three two twenty five. Like there there's a lot to like about him physically. Then you watch and you're like, okay, in 2018, he threw 32 touchdowns, six picks, and, and we're like, okay, this guy has got a legit chance. Then you see 2019, but 20, yeah, back. huge step back, 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, and then he got a, a, a was it a DUI or something for, or, or a possession of marijuana or some kind of arrest where um, it, it gave all of a sudden you have character concerns. You mix that in with it and and. To me, this is a massive, massive risk. If you take this guy in the first round, I would much rather have Jalen Hurts than than Jordan Love. And in reality, I would probably rather have um, who's the guy that we we'll hated? Yeah, I, uh, Herbert. Uh, Herbert. No, no. Herbert. Herbert. I probably, I Herbert. I honestly probably rather have Jake Fromm from Georgia over Jordan Love. Um, Talk about I, it. I don't know about Jake Fromm being a a first round quarterback, but as a as a, an evaluator and a guy that I'm when I'm watching in the NFL, I think he is way better at decision making than Jordan Love is, and I would rather oh, yeah. I would rather start there and and know that at a minimum I've got a. Um, uh, you know, a poor man's a Eli Manning type. Well, at, at least, a, at least a guy that I, if you have, if you're, if you're comparing him to Jameis Winston and you're saying that's a ceiling, that had to be the perfect scenario of scheme fit, weapons around him and everything to him, to, for him to even be a starter in the NFL. That's Jameis Winston would not have been a starter on 25 teams last year because of the decision making. Teams won't put up with that. Arians didn't have a choice. They had no one else there last year. So, and, and you saw this year, like they, they definitely could have brought Winston back. They absolutely would rather have a 42 year old Tom Brady over Jameis Winston in the big arm and the mobility just because of the poor decision making. And I think that's the road that Jordan Love is, go, is going down. You know, I, I don't know. I, I see him as maybe like the number six quarterback in this class. So when you're comparing like Fromm and Love and you're talking about decision making, Jake, you talked about Utah State. Yeah, there's a reason you're on Utah State and he's forcing some balls and he, there's a question if he can handle the pressure, but he didn't either, he didn't have a lack, like there was a lack of weapons there that he, <laughs> at his disposal, right? I mean, if you put him on a team like the Colts, you look at the offensive line, yeah, he's a project, he's not going to play this year, maybe next year, you continue to build the offensive line, you, you have a nice play caller and Frank Reich around him, maybe that they can play to some of his strengths, but, um, I don't know, touch on Jake Fromm and, and, you know, comparing the two, I think for me, I think it's, I think love has the the higher ceiling here. A hundred percent higher ceiling for me. Uh, the first sentence I said for from like, <laughs> I hope you have not Stafford like in both of the, for both of these guys in here, right? Yeah. Let's... But what I said, no, 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 well, no, 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 well, different, well, differently, uh, for from, I said, he's a prototypical backup quarterback. Uh, look, he's definitely one of the smartest quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, 
the problem is he's just not an NFL body. And, you know, it's the same thing. Like, I mean, look at me. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I am would have succeeded if I had a better body and been great in baseball or football. But, you know, for the knowledge that I have from doing rookies and quarterbacks in football every single year, I, I have a great mind. Does it mean I'm good at football? No. <laughs> I'm 6'1", 175. I get destroyed. My body sucks. Like, I, I would never be good. Um, it's just the thing. It's like, He's not athletic. The arm strength just isn't there. And that's my biggest problem is like, if even you just want to nitpick about all of them, that's my biggest issue is just the arm strength. I don't see him being able to get the ball where it needs to downfield into space, into holes. I just don't see it. So, you know, like I said, backup quarterback and where I said Stafford like is just because he's got some similarities of the intelligence, but it's, he's lacking. If you, you said it, Brad, you said poor man's Eli Manning. Like, I don't want a poor Eli Manning. We saw poor Eli Manning. That sucked. Um, so that's why I, said, I, like, he's, I agree. He's, he's, sta- he's Stafford without the arm. I'm not, and I'm not saying I want Jake Fromm to be my team's franchise quarterback or, or any team's franchise quarterback, but you're just saying you like him more than Jordan. I, I like, yeah. I mean, I think he has more value to an NFL team than Jordan Love does because at least you have a decent backup. I don't think Jordan Love is even that. I, I'm really concerned about, like, I feel like Jordan Love is a guy that might turn into, um, oh gosh, drawing a blank. Saints, Saints quarterback that's like, uh, catching passes now. Who's, <laughs> help me out here. Um, oh, Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. I think that might be How Jordan Love. I think that might be Jordan Love's future in the NFL is is more of a a gadget type player as opposed to an every down quarterback. Shame on us, all three of us blanking on Taysom Hill. I think you had it. <laughs> yeah, I was that, I, I, that I, twenty nine you know, year old I'm, breakout. No, tough to predict. Hold on, <laughs> I was blanking all, on him. <laughs> not all three of us. I was also I was reading this. Sorry, I got sidetracked by Omar Kelly's egregious, awful, god miserable tweet about quarterbacks ranking. So that's anyway. But go ahead. No, I. I <laughs> I don't want to give him any more attention. I, I, I just think there's a chance that's that's Jordan Love's future in the NFL. I mean, there there were teams at the combine who asked him to to see about working out at wide receiver. The fact that he was even asked that tells you there are teams who definitely don't think he's a quarterback. Um, that it's and it's maybe they want to try to see some versatility to see if they could use make make him a gadget type player and do both. But that's not a guy I want as my starting quarterback. I don't I don't want a guy that I have to like be concerned with him in the pocket every single down of a game. All right. So before we move on from tight ends or from quarterbacks to tight ends, we're saving the, the best for last. Ha-ha. Um, I'll each <laughs> give you guys one more shot to, to talk about a quarterback that we haven't talked about. And please, somebody talk about Jacob. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, Jake. Do you want him? Or... No, go ahead. Okay. Then I'll talk about him. I was actually going to talk about Laton, but uh, so anybody can go. There you go. You can go read about Laton if you want. Uh, fit them both in. Brad yeah, fit them both in. Got Jake huh? and Jake up in there. Jake and Jake. Jacob and Jake. Yeah. Uh, no. So yeah, look, Eason. <laughs> look, we're talking about Justin Herbert. If you want it, uh, there's your size and what I said in this breakdown. But remember who else was big? Brock Osweiler. He was a oh, giant. No. Look how that worked out. Yeah. So, you got a lot of money. Look, <laughs> yes. Look. Enviable body traits is what I said. But we're, we're talking about the same thing about Herbert too. But he's Herbert with even more questionable intelligence in the quarterback play. And that's why I just, I, I, I just don't see where you look at the fact he misses his receivers too many times. Um, and Washington's a decent school to be able to show something at it. Again, it's not the world. It's better than Utah State. Um, but. Look, I just I don't see it with Eason. Uh Luton, I was gonna say he's more that like, you know, I actually think he's possibly the sleeper. Like 
if you watch him play, he worked in a pro system, which is something you want to see from quarterbacks. He places the ball well, unlike Eason, to all levels, short, intermediate, long. Uh, the biggest problem is that his ball placement can waver. He's inconsistent with it, but he can place it there when he's on. He he shows flashes, but he shows downside at the same time. Um, and that's the big thing is like he'll he'll kind of scramble and his throws will get offline while he scrambles. There's a lot of stuff to work with. Look, Luton's not going to be drafted in the first day, the second day. He's probably going to be fifth, sixth, maybe even a seventh rounder. He's somebody you work with, but he has the ability, you see the flashes for somebody to be able to turn him into something as maybe like that fifth round quarterback, I'm not saying he's going to be Tom Brady in the sixth round or anything like that, but somebody who can surprise, but there's a reason he's in the rest. Dane has him in the sixth round to the New England Patriots. Are you serious? There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's been reading. No, this is a good, that was a good guess by you. Brad, you want to touch on those or is there another sleeper you have? Uh, maybe. Eason, Eason's definitely, in my opinion, got the biggest arm in this, in this class. Um, he can gun the ball. Um, he's 6'6", 230, so size is not the issue. Doesn't run at all. I mean, minus 69 rushing yards last year. That's just, I don't even know how to describe that. Um, but, but he's also, um, you know, he's at least at a minimum, he's got a, a NFL quarterback for a dad. So, you know, he's been coached well. It's just a matter of it. Did he have anything to work with at Washington and can he become an NFL quarterback? The only guy I'll bring up as a later dart throw type guy. Um, I like Anthony Gordon from Washington state. He doesn't have a big arm at all. Um, but he showed pretty good efficiency, 5,500 passing yards last year, 48 touchdowns, 16 picks. Um, but it's, it's a volume thing at Washington state. That was a Mike Leach offense, almost 700 pass attempts, um, which is just crazy to think about. So he's just dumping and dinking, um, no fantasy relevance, but a, a guy that I could see teams at least taking a late round flyer on. Um, and, and he could end up being a decent backup someday. Pick 166 in the fifth round, Anthony Gordon out of Washington state Two. The Detroit Lions. Um, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I can see that too. I, I do like Easton. I think he needs a vertical offense where he can just kind of sit and develop um, a little bit. All right, let's make the let's make the switch over to tight ends and and Jake. Um, we have ten minutes left in the show, and we can cover the whole tight end class in less than ten minutes. <laughs> and none of them are yes. in tier one for Jake. Brad, do you agree? Yeah, this is, is awful. There, I don't see a single tight end. Not one that stands. I don't out, see a right? single tight end getting taken before the fourth round in the NFL draft. I don't like any of them. I do. I, 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 I think at least by the third. No, Jake? Something, I, I actually think I think Komet's going to end up in the second. Although, to yeah, Dane has him 66 to Washington, which would be a nice fit. It would be a nice fit, and there's opportunity there. But where I'll agree with Brad is I just I have them all in tier two, as in their third rounders are later. Uh, I even broke down at the top of for everybody out there in the article of what tiers mean when I say tier two. Well, tier two means you're going to be a tight end two. Like not even a tight end one. So I under, I understand people are uh, intrigued by Komet. Notre Dame produces two things with consistently consistency is offensive linemen and tight ends. So yeah. let's be like, he's got the NFL size. Uh, he did adjust well. We talked about before the show, he adjusts well to a lot of uh, off throws by Ian Book. But there's a lot of downsides. Look, he's not a good blocker, which isn't going to get him on the field early. That's going to be a downside for fantasy if we're talking that. As for NFL-wise, he's not going to be on the field. He gets jammed in his routes. He's so big, you should not be getting jammed. And he's athletic, too. You should not be getting jammed in your routes by corners, let alone – I mean, like, I understand the linebacker, off-ball linebacker slides over, whatever. You shouldn't be getting jammed at the line. Like, like what, somebody's got to figure that out. 
I will say he's teachable, though. We were talking about, we just talked about quarterbacks with upside of ability that you want to see in the NFL. He is teachable. Like, that would be a great landing spot with the Redskins. They need a tight end. The opportunity would be there. But there's a lot of these guys, like, I'll give you my tier two for out here. Like, I have one, two, three, four, what do I have? Seven guys? Six They're guys all in, in tier two? all in tier two, yeah. yeah. And I say of all of them, uh, I'll throw it like the the Bryants are throwing a lot of people off because there's a Hunter and a Harrison, so people are confused between those. I'll take Hunter uh, more so, but to Brad's point, the Washington offense, uh, you know, it's, it's something to be thought of there. I think out of all these, those, those two sleepers, quote unquote, I call from tier two. I like uh, De- Devin Asasi from UCLA, and then Asasi. I say Trotman from Dayton. I think he's going to surprise some people, but. I don't think any of these guys are starting year one, and it's going to be questionable even in year two, Brad. Yeah, and I I will say this about Devin Osiasi. He he weighed 280 pounds. On, on, like, he was listed at 279 at UCLA and then went to the combine and, was, and weighed in at 257. Like, how, how do you lose 25 pounds in that amount of time? Like, it... I think he, it was a whole lot of water weight that he lost basically just for the weigh in. He is athletic for, for that size, but I'm not a Troutman. I will say this about Troutman, who I really like. Um, I, Troutman's my number one tight end in this class. And the main reason is because there were reports at the senior bowl that he went there and was completely unguardable. Every single rep going through in, in practice that no one was covering him. And so, and at 6'5, 255, he's, he's definitely on the smaller side. He's a move tight end at that point. I mean, he's not a, a Kelsey Erst, you know, a Kittle type player, but he could be like a Tyler Eifert type player, um, pre ankle injury. I, I say, and that, like that, that's still a potential fantasy starter for me. Um, the only other guy that I I really like, and I, when I say really like, I mean like like in the sense that there's some massive upside there. Is I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, but Albert O from Mizzou, six six two fifty eight. He ran at four four nine forty at six six two fifty eight. That's just someone's going to take a shot at that, and that I actually think that is a better fit for Washington, where they have this big athletic tight end. Ron Rivera is there now. That's that to me is like the, kind of the Greg Olson type player in this in this draft. He's bigger than Olson, um, but he's also faster than Olson, and and I could see him being a developmental type guy. Um, in that Washington offense, and they don't have to. I don't think that, anyways. I could be wrong, but I don't think, anyways, they would have to reach up into the third round to get him. I think they could get him at the top of the fourth. Big O, Jake, as you yeah, that's what I call Big O because yeah, Aku uh, Bing Benam or something like that. Like, like yeah. yeah. So, in any case, uh, I, I'm probably. Yeah, like there's there's upside obviously. The dude's a freak. Uh, there you just saw Parnum. I think what who signed with who did he sign with the Chargers? I forget who he just signed the other day. Um, but anyway, you know, they're freak size, obviously. But here's the biggest problem I have with him is just he's always – he's never separates, ever, ever. There's always somebody on him. And it's just like even linebackers are on him. And it's just he's winning contested balls, which is great. He should, given his size. But as of today – uh, I don't really like. There's certainly room for all these guys to improve. They, like again, we're, we point out these negatives to say like these are fixable flaws for a lot of these players. Where I'll agree with Brad is like, yeah, it'd be a great opportunity if somebody can teach him to run routes a little bit better. Because as of right now, the only thing I see from Big O is short yards, as in I need a first down, I need you over the middle of the field, I need you to make a tough catch, and in the red zone. Fantasy-wise, that might be great. You know, ten, you could go 500 yards and 10 touchdowns, and you'll be a tight end one. But 
I think that's kind of his opportunity right now because I don't really see room for I just I don't ever see him being able to separate from coverage in the NFL. I like Asiasi a little bit. Just uh, you know, a nightmare matchup. Obviously, you know, Brad alluded to the size, uh, but again, a lot of these guys like poor blocker. Right, come at poor pass blocker. Like it's just yeah. You want to talk about size? That dude's two eighty and he runs fast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not slow at all for his size. But Trotman too. I I agree with you, Brad. I think he's my favorite as well. I mean, six six two fifty three. He's probably Brad. the best. I said this was my sleeper before Brad said it. We're all he's on my he's okay, my so number all he's on my on number one right. tight end though. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't do numbers. You know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do numbers. He just does tears. Um, but yeah, probably the best receiving tight end. I think we could probably all agree. Although Bryant Hunter. Um, and not Harrison. He's, he's pretty yes. explosive as well. He's got some good hands, uh, but size a little bit concerning for him, I suppose. I, and you know what? When we talk about all these tight ends, we, we talk about them as like prospects, and but it really does matter where they go, Jake. Like where they get drafted, and, and they're probably not going to have any fantasy appeal in a redraft league. None of these. Not guys. in 2020. No. And and you know, may I mean somehow maybe, like, maybe if somebody if, lands in Washington. There's was not a say, lot of like, weapons there. I was gonna say maybe if like Komet fell into Washington, but even then, still would be a little bit questionable, just because I still don't know how much he's on the field. That's the biggest thing. Is like you got to remember the blocking. This is part of the thing we've talked about before of what hurts OJ Howard. Such a good blocker, and people yeah. want him to block. Uh, actually, I have an article coming out soon for the Athletic of putting drafted players in other positions where they could have been a fantasy success. And I moved OJ Howard off of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not going to tell you where I put him, but just for that reason alone. But you said where they land. You could look at what the Colts do for year on year on year on year on end. It was just always they had somebody behind the guy, and they kept drafting guys to be behind the guy. So that could be the Irv Smith. We would love to see more of Irv Smith, but he's stuck with stupid Kyle Rudolph right now. Yeah, and then they extended him, and it's like, ah, it's like, yeah, too bad. But Trotman, um, according to Dane, has – you know, speaking of the Colts, uh, 75 to the Colts, and then Hunter Bryant, 87 to New England. So, Pats definitely need some weapons. It could be interesting. Yeah. But who the heck is throwing the football in New England? It's good that Jake is still writing lots of good stuff over at The Athletic. Again, you can go check it out and get the the free 90 days, theathletic.com slash free 90 days. That'll do it. One more app before uh, the NFL draft. Before the draft. Be exciting. We'll get into our deep, deep running back, deep wide receiver sleepers that, and there's a lot of them this year. This is a loaded receiver class. It's a pretty decent running back class, even from a depth standpoint. It's, it's top heavy, but it, there's some other guys late. Um, and it'll be fun to talk about them on the next one. Has anybody taken anyone that we talked about today in any dynasty leagues or best ball leagues? Uh, to Brad, no, no, sh- I, no shares of Joe Burrow. Back? <laughs> not, in, not in the 2020 league. I, I do think there's potential. I, I may have Burrow in like one, one best ball league, but I like as a second QB. Um, but I two was going undrafted in all the best ball leagues. I haven't done any dynasty drafts yet, other than a mock. Um, and it was not a, not a super flex mock. So, so these guys were Burrow. I think went in like mid second round in a in a rookie draft and, and two was like top of the third and, and it was just kind of taking, taking flyers after that. But the tight ends are, are basically, there's like three tight ends getting drafted in a five round fantasy mock right now in a rookie, rookie draft. There's just the Devin, a CSE is the, is the prototype for this, this class. And the reason is because his last name in Spanish means so, so. And that's like, that's this whole tight end class. So we'll, we'll go, we'll go with that and say like, I, I, there's no 2020 relevance for these guys, even 2021 to stretch. I think you're looking third year on these tight ends at most before you start seeing a, a guy you might, that might sneak into the top 12. 
I love that. Uh, we'll end on that. Hopefully this show wasn't so-so, and hopefully you're doing uh, all right again. Check out all the good stuff over at The Athletic. If you have any questions, Jake loves them. All in kid, Brad Ziegler, and at Chris Meany. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>